We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Coast to Coast. And on today's show, we're going to do some playoffs talk. And the awards that we're going to talk about this week are kind of the most popular ones. So we're going to talk most improved player, most valuable player, MIP, MVP. We're also going to dive into Asia Wilson's new book at the end of the podcast. So make sure you stick around for that. Um, I'm Krina Mustafa. This is my co-host, Calvin Wetzel. Uh, Cal, are you ready? I've been waiting for this one for a long time to talk about the MVP and we got so much good stuff coming. So let's go. I thought you were going to say you're waiting a long time for this episode. I was going to be like a week because <laughs> we record <laughs> weekly. But then no, you I've said been, oh, I've been waiting a month for the MVP episode. That's what I, yeah, I love yeah. this every week, but this is a big one. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so before we get to the awards talk, let's go into our headline of the week, which is playoff talk. We have some first rounds that are over, some that are not. Um, we'll t- go into the one that is definitely over based on when we're recording on Tuesday. Las Vegas Aces versus Chicago Sky. The Aces swept the sky in dominant fashion. Kind of what we expected. I mean, you and I talked about on our previous pod, the Aces just needed to show up. And they pretty much did. It kind of went the way that you thought, even though you had doubts because you were like, I'm always wrong about the Chicago sky. But I think this time it was more just like trust the way that the regular season has gone. Um, And I think that kind of showed. But yeah, what was your like just initial gut reactions on how this series went? Yeah, I think I've been really impressed in the last two games with the Aces defense. Uh, Obviously, they had the number one defensive rating in the league all year. Uh, and we'll talk about why, you know, a little bit more as we get into Asia. But uh, I, I think, you know, that you sort of saw it tail off maybe a, a little bit down the stretch. And and they really ramped it back up in this series. I think for basically seven quarter, the sky went on that run in the fourth quarter of game two, maybe the first half of the fourth quarter. It, it looked like they had something going. Aces put a stop to that real quick. But I, for seven quarters, the sky just had all sorts of trouble putting points on the board. The aces were flying around 
on help, on switches, every every facet, and just made it so difficult on the Sky team, who actually was pretty good offensively, better than I thought they would be all regular season. They were right up there with the Aces and the Liberty in terms of three-point percentage. So I've been very impressed with the, the way the Aces played overall, but especially on that side of the ball, and really look forward to seeing that against either the Dream or the Wings. Yeah, um, I mean, all things considered, and we'll talk about the Chicago Sky in a second, but just the Aces year so far has just been a story of dominance. They went 36 and 6 in the regular season. That's not good math. 36 and 4, because there are 40 games. I wrote down 36 and 6 in my notes. Um, that was clearly a typo. Best regular season out of all the current teams. And then I think the one of the key, and we're going to kind of talk about her a lot in this episode, like we might as well just call this the Asia Wilson episode, but I was super, super impressed with her. I think what she brought on both ends of the floor, she had that 38 point game in game two, just like setting records all the time. She looked so good. Like you just sit there and you watch. And I think one of the things with Asia Wilson is you don't realize just how easy she makes it look like it's very hard to be as good as she is and as dominant as she is like the fact that she can muscle her way through the like on the offensive side of the floor but then also just like run back and block your shot or just make your life so tough on defense like that is a really special thing to witness um and just like seeing how the way that she just anchors this entire aces team is super cool she makes everybody else around her better um like chelsea Gray has been playing really well, too, in this series. She led with points in that first game. Um, and I think that's important, too, when you realize, like, just how many minutes these starters are playing. So as long as you are still getting a ton of contributions from everybody, I think the Aces might be the team to be. And I know there's other teams in the mix right now, but Cal, like, should the Aces be that top favorite? Like, how much of a space is there between them and the other favorites? They they are the team to beat right now. I I've been picking the Liberty all year and <laughs> I'm pretty stubborn. Every time anyone asks me for a championship pick on any show, any podcast, all year, I've been picking the Liberty. So I, I can't deviate from that. I'm too stubborn for that. But <laughs> the, they're gonna have a really tough time if the aces are playing like this because that what we saw from the Liberty and the Aces in that series down the stretch of the regular season was a little bit of a different Aces team than what we saw earlier in the year. And granted, it is against the Chicago Sky. It's not like they did this against like the Houston Comets or something. But like the the Aces looked like they're back. They looked they looked back to being the team that we were talking about as maybe the best team ever. I think yeah. in this series, and and if if we get that Aces team against the Liberty in the finals, then yeah, I, I think they got to be the team to beat. Certainly against anyone else right now, because we don't even know. We'll talk about it in a little bit if the Sun are going to mm -hmm. make it to the semis, maybe may not. I don't know who else is challenging the Liberty or the Aces. So it, it's definitely it's definitely got to be them. I think. Yeah, um, and just kind of like the last thing on the Aces before we move on to a bit of Sky conversation, but I think like. Kelsey Plum, Jackie Young, and I think Kirsten Bell has also been giving really good minutes. I mean, you talk about, you know, being kind of iffy about the Aces bench, but Alicia Clark just won sixth player of the year, as you and I kind of predicted on this podcast. You know, it was very much like in favor of her very clear winner, just based with the voting format um, of like, just pick it. It's not ranked. So you have her. And then the fact that Kirsten Bell is coming in and having as many minutes, I think she was like a plus 10 um on the floor in those their more recent game and i just like 
she brings such a good impact to take some of that pressure off of the starters. And when you come in and you know your role and you do what you're supposed to do, I think it just makes everything so much easier and a big reason of why the Aces have just been able to be uh, themselves. So, yeah, I would not want to run into them. Uh, We'll see winner of Wings and Dream. Uh, We'll see what happens with that matchup, and we'll talk about that once we do know who the winner of that series is. But, yeah, they seem to be the team to beat right now. Okay, let's move on to the Chicago Sky um, because they are now officially eliminated from the postseason. If you guys haven't checked it out yet, make sure you go check out Richard Cohen's uh, 2024 offseason guide for the Chicago Sky on her hoop stats. It is live um, and a lot of information there about how their year went, kind of like who their free agents are, who like the draft picks, all of that stuff. Um I want to talk about the free agents for a little bit because some of them, and if you're watching on YouTube, I've got three of them up, including Courtney Williams, Alana Smith, Rebecca Gardner. Um, there are more than there's just those three. It's Ruthie Hebert, Robin Parks, Morgan Birch. Um, I just didn't have enough space on the graphic to include them all. but uh, So I just chose three. It's no shade to anybody. I just chose three of the free agents that this guy have. Um, as we know, cost on that extension Raina Mabry is also under contract. Izzy Harrison, who we haven't seen suit up for the Chicago Sky yet. Um, Elizabeth Williams, Dana Evans, and a couple more. But what is kind of their next direction here? Because we talked about, like, it's going to be interesting to see who they retain. But, like, out of those free agents, Cal, like, who would be your top priority that you would want to keep on this Sky team? To me, it's Courtney Williams, and this is no shade to to the other ones. I mean, Alana Smith had a fantastic season. We we might talk about her in a little bit too. Uh, mm-hmm. I think get you know you you get back Izzy Harrison hopefully from that injury. I think that sort of eases a little bit of that pressure in the front court though. Um, and obviously, you were without Rebecca Gardner all year, which was such a tough break. Loved what she did in in twenty twenty two, but. To me, Courtney Williams, this was this was a banner year for here for her. And this is I, I think she's the biggest reason why I was so wrong about the sky all year. Number one, I she's sort of more It wasn't Dana Evans. Who was it? Who was the reason why you were wrong? It was Courtney it, all of them actually. Everyone. <laughs> I, it, it was me. I'm I was just dumb. That's I like don't need to sugarcoat it. But <laughs> Courtney, Courtney Williams, what she turned into this year in terms of number one, being a pure point guard. And really distributing. And number two, my favorite thing is that she finally started taking threes. I was watching the other day the Aces game. Uh, and I was texting some people about this in, in game two. She caught the ball in the perimeter. She looked down and checked her feet. And then she shot the three. And that tells me like she cared that her feet were the, behind the three-point line. Which wasn't something that we used to see from her. She used to be completely okay taking those 20-foot jumpers. Those foot on the line. Those pull-ups. But she started taking threes this year more than she ever has. And they went in. She was good at them, too, which is a big deal for this team, like we said, who was right up there with the Aces and Liberty uh, and three-point percentage. So uh, uh, <laughs> Danny Barlavi was joking when we were texting that this was like James Wade's last little gift. He turned Courtney Williams into a three-point shooter, and then he left. But uh, <laughs> I, I think... Uh, we're not going to talk I, about the draft picks then. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, well, well... That's up to you. That, but uh, in, ter- in terms of free agency, I think they should bring Courtney Williams back because I think she was a key piece and she really sort of developed into 
a, a very different player than she has been. And I've always loved her, but and I, I've loved her as like a person, as a character. And now I actually love her game too this year. So I would love to see her come back. Yeah, I really like that pick. Um, and I saw was able to see her practice when she was here in Toronto too. Got was able to speak with her too. Um, and like when you talk about her personality, like that is very much something that is apparent in those practices. She's joking around, but she's also just like motivating the team to do better. Um, and I think it's a great presence to have. I think, you know, she kind of joked about becoming a point guard now on her Instagram post and her thank you Chicago post, which I thought was funny. Um, that's what the first thing I thought of when you when you mentioned that. But um, yeah, I think, you know, taking that step to develop more of her shooting game is huge because she's a very good shooter. Like, obviously, she's known as the. I don't even know what the nickname is, like the mid-range mommy or something. I don't even know. <laughs> um, maybe I just said that like now, but <laughs> if somebody knows what the nickname is for her, please let me know. Um, but yeah, like she takes those those jumpers, right? And to go and develop your game, to develop more into a three-point shooter as well, to add that, to be really good at it is huge. Um, I think any team would very much benefit from her. And I think this guy would definitely love to keep her. Um, you kind of touched on the person that I would like to see stay with this guy, and that is Rebecca Gardner. Um, it really sucks that she, you know, got injured and just was out for the rest of the season. But I think she brings a lot of value, as we know, on the defensive side of the floor. Um, and I'm just really excited to see her be healthy and play again. I think this guy could really use her, um, especially depending on who you might lose in free agency but i think you know defense is a big thing for them and it also might give them some space to go after somebody more on like the offensive end um if they want to dabble in that in the off season um but yeah that's that's all on the chicago sky and the las vegas aces the only the only series that i think so far has gone pretty much the way you could have predicted uh but we'll see in terms of like being as accurate as possible but We'll see what happens next in the playoffs. Aces do face the winner of Wings Dream, so we'll see who comes out of that series. Let's move on to Sun versus Lynx because we have a game three, um, and I don't know how many people would have thought that it would have been pushed to a game three just based on the fact that Connecticut beat Minnesota by like 30 points in that first game, but I think it was super cool that the Lynx came back and rallied to push to that game three. What are the chances that the Lynx take this at home because they are going to be at home now because of the format works? And we'll talk about that a little bit, too. What are the chances that the Lynx take this and upset the Sun? Yeah, it's it's below 50-50, but they got a real shot. I think they got a real shot because of this format, which needs to go. I, I, I know you brought it up. We can talk about it. Yeah, let's talk about um, it. Oh, all right. Let's talk about it. I, <laughs> well, uh, all right, just to be completely candid, I think it's dumb. I think it's completely dumb. And I think when you look at how the format was and the the main problem a few years ago was that the three seed didn't really get rewarded in the fact that they, in the four seed, uh, that they had to play a single elimination game to start the playoffs. And you could be the third best team in the league all year, have one bad night and you're done. So the WNBA decided, all right, Here's what we're going to do to fix that. Instead of rewarding the three seed more, we're going to take away the reward for being the one and the two seed and reward them less. So now the one and the two seeds that used to get those double buys now do the exact same thing as everyone else. They all play a series, a three game series in the first round. No one gets any buys in those one, two, three and four. 
they have one bad night. Now they got to go on a road for a single elimination game. It's like they, they fixed it and it's not fixed. It's still broke. So what needs to happen is either a one, 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 or mm-hmm. let's just go five game series all throughout. Let's just do two, two, one, go fight more games, more playoff. Who says no to more basketball. I understand it's not that simple sometimes in terms of TV contracts and travel and things like that, but I, I think they can make it happen. And the league is growing to the point where they should. So let's do it. That's my thought. Yeah, I have a couple of thoughts. One being, I think who would say no is probably like the overseas leagues who are like, give us our players, please. That's a great point. Um, just in terms of timing, I know like that's something. And of course, like with this season being the most games that they've ever had, like with 40, um, I think they were already kind of like towing the line with like how long the W season is going to carry on and before overseas starts. Because there are some players that as soon as they were out, they went straight overseas. So that's like one potential issue that I could see. Although I would love a best of five first round. Um, I think, you know, I think there's two sides of the coin here where I can see the argument for if the higher seed doesn't take care of business in those first two games, then maybe they do deserve to go and play on the road. But at the same time, you look at like the NBA, for example, who does do that, like one, 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 like, you know, like it's just, but with a longer series, but in sense, like in essence, that same kind of thing where, okay, one team should have home court advantage if they place this high um, in the regular season. So in an ideal world. And I think too, like there's enough time between game days now that they could just go one at home, one on the road and then go back home. Like, it's not like the games are every other day. Like they're a little bit more spread out, which is like, I think good enough now, even with all the travel issues that the W has, but they do have charters. So I think it could be done. Um, I'm, I'm interested to like, to hear what the players think. Cause like they are the ones playing the games like I if I don't know if there was like a survey or something done like to go out and just kind of get their thoughts because maybe that could help make a decision too um but yeah no it's interesting and now the sun are in danger of being eliminated now do I think the sun are gonna lose game three no but at the same time it's not completely out of the question um real quick what do the sun need to do better in game three that they didn't do in game two they need to be more disruptive they need to make minnesota uncomfortable i think i think they let minnesota get really comfortable in in their offense in game two uh k-mac obviously stepped up i think we talked about her last week six for 11 from three she played all 40 minutes uh fee obviously before that back injury um was just cooking them and the Lynx only had three live ball turnovers. That's the fewest the Sun have forced all year. Sun, six points off of turnovers, fewest they forced all year. If you're the Sun, you got to be more disruptive so that you give yourself opportunities to get into transition, force those turnovers, and, and let AT cook where she's best, which is going downhill, being the engine uh, you know that no one wants to get in front of in the open court. Uh, but that starts on the defensive end, so I think that's what the Sun need to do. Uh, and obviously... it. If you want to hit over half of your threes like you did in game one, that wouldn't hurt either. But it's, <laughs> it's really, I think, got to start on the defensive end. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we'll see what happens. Game three of Sun versus Lynx is on Wednesday at 8 p.m. Eastern on ESPN. Um, and I think the game is on Canadian League Pass for any Canadian listeners or viewers out there. All right. Let's move on to awards. Um, we're going to start with most improved player of the year. We have 
like five-ish options that we're going to talk about. Um, but firstly, Cal, who is your pick? If I, if you had a vote and if I told you, pick a most improved player of the year, who would you go with? Yeah, so, so far, my picks have all been pretty much the safe one, the ones that actually ended up winning. I don't think my pick here is actually going to be the one who ends up winning it. I do think Satu Sabli is going to win it. But I would vote for Jordan Cannon. And here's why I need to tell a story to our listeners that I already told to you. Would you that, like me to put up the picture or do you want to like, yeah, well, well let me get there. It. Let me get there. Let me, okay. <laughs> let me draw out the story and, and build the suspense. So I, um, I was in an ESPN fantasy league. I was in two, actually. This is the one that I, not the one I was in with you. I was in another one, six teams, small league. We were having a draft through text group text. And I had the very last overall pick of the draft. And so Anyone who's played ESPN Fantasy knows that the stats that, that count are points, rebounds, assists, things like that, counting stats, field goal percentage, free throw percentage, all the efficiency stats aren't relevant to your fantasy points. So I sent this text as the last pick of the draft saying, okay, so because efficiency doesn't matter, I'm going to take Jordan Canada. And I owe Jordan Canada a big apology because... Guess what? If efficiency did matter, that still would have been the correct pick because she was <laughs> actually pretty efficient this year in a way that she has never been. And I know people talk about this award like what you know, what does it actually mean if you were injured and then you came back from that? Like, does that count as improving or if, if you went to a different team and got a lot more minutes? Did you improve or did you just get more opportunity? Like to me, Jordan Canada improved in the truest sense of the word. Like she literally got better at playing basketball which is what improving it and like she shot 33% from three. She'd never even shot 22% in her career before this year, career high and free throw percentage and all the shooting percentages all across the board. It really wasn't even close. So to me, like I have to give Jordan Canada her flowers after hating on her efficiency. When I made that draft pick, can I, can I put the picture up now? Yes. Yes. Sorry. I, I got carried away. You should put the picture up. See, so ESPN gave us the little, like, uh, what do you call it? Draft recap video thing. Uh, Mine was not very nice for anyone listening or watching. I watched it right they, before uh, you recorded. It was not very nice. Um, go they, ahead, I felt bad. They threw some shade on you, Cree. Uh, they did. <laughs> but uh, they they really gave some love to join Canada, though. Draft Day Steel, if you're listening on Apple, Spotify, Draft Day Steel. Ninth round pick, Jordan Canada was my draft day steal. I felt great about that. I, she was a steal in the ninth round uh, it, because of that efficiency. And so I, I think she's my most improved player. Yeah. I just want to say my draft steal based on my fantasy league was Erica Wheeler. So shout out Erica for being one of the most consistent players I've had on my roster throughout the whole season, even though I did finish sixth. But you know what? There were a lot of weeks where I forgot to set my roster. It was stuff like that that kind of messed me up. So like, sorry, ESPN not taking your shade don't appreciate it <laughs> um but yeah no i like that uh i like that your pick is jordan cannon because when i looked at some of the candidates so just for transparency the candidates that i've kind of written down are satu jordan uh shug sutton uh alana smith and carly samuelson um and when you look at all of them she's kind of jordan's kind of the only one that in a vacuum was kind of in the same type of like situation where it was like being with the same team, the amount of like her minutes have gone up for sure, but and her role has changed a little bit. But I think it was kind of the same environment that kind of showed like, OK, so she really did improve. Um, but I think 
I my pick would probably be Satu Sabli. And I think I'm actually not sure which way the voters are gonna go. Um, because it is gonna be ranked, so it'll be interesting to see. I think Satu's my pick. I think I know there's that whole debate about like because she was injured, is she has she really improved? But I think if you look at the fact that although she was good, like obviously number two pick in the draft, you're not drafting bad players, but she never really showed like consistent flashes of what she has been this year. I think she's really like broken out of her shell and just has become a very different version of herself that I think can only be described as like very much improving. And um, yeah, like it's injuries are always going to be weird when it comes to, you know, determining what a player being most improved means to you but I think you know like her her points have dramatically gone up I just think the fact that she's considered the MVP of the Dallas Wings at many points throughout the season rather than it being like the narrative of like can you do anything with Arike being the MVP like it was always that kind of discourse but now the fact that it was like no Satu seems to be the MVP I think that's a huge thing and we're going to talk about this in a bit too she might even be in conversation for mvp not necessarily that she's gonna win but the fact that she's in the conversation for both of these categories i think uh speaks a lot to how how much she has gotten better um so yeah i think those would probably be my top two picks satu and jordan canada um but let's talk about some of the others give some shine um alana smith somebody who we talked about earlier that we do want to touch on um She's been great. Like, and Chicago, you know, has struggled with injuries throughout the year, but um, she was kind of somebody that's shown and kind of helped them in that front court a little bit. Um, yeah, she'd be somebody else. Carly Samuelson, too, I actually really wanted to hit on um, because, like, she seems she's always kind of been like an honorary spark, I guess. But now I really hope that, you know, her performance this year has kind of solidified her spot onto that roster or at least onto a roster um just consistently like her three-point shooting like the she was just kind of a breath of fresh air for that sparks roster who has also gone through many many injuries and sicknesses and you know just like reasons that the like you i think you called it like the rotating carousel last week or the couple weeks revolving ago door. revolving door ah there we yeah. go <laughs> um <laughs> i knew it was something that was spinning but uh yeah like i just think she was also a bright light um and yeah, and Sutton too. Sutton, she was, uh, I had her on my fantasy team for a little bit over the season. And there was a point of time where she was really, really consistent on my fantasy team too. Um, so yeah, I think a lot of these players deserve to be in the conversation. Um, but yeah, what do you think about those players? You have somebody else that you wanted to talk about or are those kind of the players that you're thinking of? Yeah, I mean, those would be the players I'd put in the conversation too. And like, to be clear, all of these players got better at basketball. It's not like, oh, yeah. Satu was already this good. She was just hurt. Like, she definitely also got better. She would be second for me if we, uh, you know, if I were voting in terms of the ranked choice. Suge Sutton, correct me if I'm wrong, I think she was the last pick in the draft. I think she was the real. Yeah, she went like really late. Yeah. 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 And yeah. Uh, I mean, how often do we see even like mid second rounders really? have any even stick in the league number one and then have any type of impact off the bench or in the starting lineup the way that shook sutton had this year she had a triple double no one's ever done that before in mercury history like that they were chasing it at the end but she had it <laughs> so <laughs> i think that's pretty cool uh shout out to her alana smith like you said someone that 
coming into the year, especially before we knew, you know, about Izzy Harrison's injury, I would not have thought that she was even going to be in the starting lineup. And she turned out to be an absolutely crucial piece to that starting lineup of a playoff team. Yeah. Um, and, and Carly Samuelson just knocked down shooter and really, I think, added a lot beyond that to her game this year as well, which was a big key for the Sparks. A little bit of stability amidst the revolving door that we talked about. So this is a great year for this award. I think a lot of good, good candidates who uh, we'll talk about it with MVP too. Some of these, some of these candidates may have won it in a different year and are just happen to play, you know, have their improvement in the wrong year and end up coming up second or third. But a lot of yeah. great candidates this year. I wish we had like a most improved team. Like we have an all defensive team, an all rookie yeah. team. We should have like a most improved team. Let's just give love to five people. You know, that that'd would be, be cool. I mean, there's there's our there's our most improved team. Yeah. Um, so yeah, no, that was a that was a beautiful way to put it. Um, all right, let's move on. MVP, the big one. I think for this one, I am gonna save our picks till the end. Instead, what we can do, I know I'm throwing you a curveball here. Let's go through each candidate um, and just talk about okay, them okay. and what they mean relative to their team and how their season has gone. Just because I think kind of with N- with MIP, the definition of MVP seems to be different for a lot of people. Um, so I think, you know, the context of who these players were to their teams this year is a good thing to talk about. Um, so going in no particular order, or maybe it is an order. We don't know. We'll find out at the end. <laughs> but I'll start with Asia Wilson. Like I said, today is the Asia Wilson uh, show or pod or whatever it's you want to call it. alphabetical order, right? Because apostrophe comes before L. In the alphabet? Yeah, totally. Definitely thought about that. Um, yeah, let's go with that. <laughs> let's go with that. Uh, Asia Wilson's year has been incredible, to say the least. I mean, she had that 53-point game. She has consistently been the leader for the Aces, the anchor of everything that they do. Admits this like record-breaking season for them. She has shown through above it all and i think that is remarkable in and of itself because like a lot of people like to say just because it's the super teams like they can't get mvp or whatever but i think when you have a player who is on a so-called super team although at this point in the season you know unfortunately with candace being out i don't know how much you can call it a super team just because like this aces squad was kind of already assembled so if you wanted to call them a super team like last year the year before sure um but at the same time, you know, the word super team, I think, is kind of run its course a little bit. Um, but just like what she's been able to do, be a defensive monster, be an offensive monster, like everything goes through her. And it's just it's so hard for me to see this Aces team being as good as they have been without her. And I think that's one of the reasons why she should definitely be a very much a top favorite for this award. Um, and I just think it's important to remember, like, and I kind of touched on this earlier, just how special it is to watch a player like that. Cause like, that's a generational thing and that doesn't come around very often. Um, so yeah, that's my spiel on Asia Wilson. Yeah. You know, it's the most mind blowing thing to me is the fact that she won MVP twice, including last year mm-hmm. and got better, like unquestionably is better right now. Uh, like yeah. we could throw her. Let's just make her most improved candidate number six. You know, <laughs> I, she, I don't know if I go that far, but she improved on both sides of the ball somehow from an already 
elite season. And defensively in particular, like you talked about, like we talked about off the top in the Aces versus Sky series, Asia doesn't just make life ridiculously difficult for whoever she's guarding. She makes it difficult for all five players on the other team because of how quickly she's able to close ground, her her length, her ability to switch onto anyone, her ability to in help rotations to cover up for people's mistakes or just to basically cover two players at once. Sometimes it feels like when she yeah, you're like, oh no, she's coming. <laughs> yes, yes. It, you, out of nowhere, you feel like you're open. You got around, you know, Kelsey Plum or whatever. You're like, oh, I just cooked her. I got a layup. Nope. No, you don't, because Asia, who was 50 feet away half a second ago, is all of a sudden right there in your face. So yeah. it's remarkable to watch her. It's a gift, like you said, to watch her play basketball on the defensive end, and especially like if you're a real junkie and you love defense, which I know I know we both do. I know some people are just like points, 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 which you know, aces are fun to watch as a team from that standpoint too, but the way they push the ball sometimes. But Asia on the defensive end is as incredible to watch as, as maybe anyone ever in this game. Yeah, no, totally agree. Um, and I guess moving on in alphabetical order, <laughs> uh, <laughs> we'll go to AT, Eliza Thomas next. Um, triple double queen putting up. I don't even, I don't even remember what the number is. I think it was like six or something. Triple doubles this season. I don't remember um, the number, but it was, I will say it was more than anyone else has had in their six. career. Her, well, hers yeah. this season was because she's been easily... at the top for like a long time <laughs> yes and she very much still is but yeah no uh the engine the yeah, i mean just her strength like i like it's always funny to me watching people watch her for the first time and being like why does she throw her free throws like that like why is her shooting <laughs> form look like that but then you're like hold on a second she is quite literally probably one of the most dominant and scariest players on the court that you'll ever see. Um, so I just think she's such a unique player. And I think unique is probably the way to describe what she's meant to this Connecticut Sun team and, you know, the reasons why she is in consideration for MVP. Um, we've kind of talked about this before, but just the players that they lost, they lost John Quill Jones in the offseason, you know, their former MVP. Brianna Jones was out like very early in the season with that injury. And Connecticut has stayed very, very good. And, you know, obviously, you know, having other players on the team like her fiance, Duana Bonner, just go off and not be a wired hanger like this late into her career. That's also a factor. But at the same time, and I think there's like a lot of numbers about like AT's like impact on the floor with the Connecticut Sun versus when she's off. Um, she just provides a really, a really important level of leadership and just incredibly strong basketball to this team that the sun need throughout all the chaos of like losing people, other super teams forming. And I'm putting quotes in the air because it's a forbidden word. Um, she very much deserves to be in that conversation as a top. And, you know, like for like with all the statistics and everything, even just looking at her and watching how she plays, you can see how important she is to the sun team. Um, but yeah, that's my spiel yeah. on AT. <laughs> yeah I, well you brought up the on off which i think is an interesting point because first off like you're right it, on the court you know when she's on the court the sun are one of the best teams in the league and when she's off statistically they're basically a lottery team but <laughs> I, to me it what's also impressive about that is the number of minutes that she has had on and off the court and it's not very many off the court 
because she is the like she I think she was second in the league behind Arike in minutes. And if you watch Alyssa Thomas play, those aren't casual minutes. Those aren't easy minutes. Those are yeah. like all out physical toll on your body. Go, she has one speed and it's really, really fast. And she's guarding <laughs> big players, small players, quick players. She The load that she's carrying for 36, 37 minutes a game is incredible. And to be able to do that on her non-existent also, shoulders. <laughs> yeah. W- without doing that with no labrums and putting up the numbers <laughs> that she is, is something that I is like, we kind of talked about this, whether she wins MVP or not, there certainly have been seasons in this league where she would be a runaway MVP. Uh, and she just happens to play in a season this year with three historic seasons at the same time. But mm-hmm. what she's done is, iconic honestly for that team and like you said what they lost and what the slack that she's been able to pick up yeah um all right moving on to candidate number three and you just mentioned three historic seasons so i'll let you go off first um brianna stewart of the new york liberty which uh, like a year into this still feels kind of weird to say but uh yeah why should she be considered mvp yeah, I, I always come back to this is not necessarily a reason to vote for her this season. I'm not saying that. But every time I think about her in the MVP conversation, I come back to something that our friend Owen Pence has said before, that there will come a time in Brianna Stewart's career where we collectively realize that it's stupid that she only has one MVP because mm-hmm. she is just that has had that type of career where she's won everywhere she's went from growing up in high school to Yukon to overseas to the storm now to the Liberty. And she's been the reason why she's won. She's hasn't ridden anyone's coattails. Everyone's riding her coattails uh, on those teams. And so what, what she does on both sides of the ball too, it's, it's different than Asia. Obviously she's a little bit more perimeter oriented on offense, uh, but still efficiency through the roof. Uh, defense able to to switch and her wingspan is I don't know what it is it's it's seven it's foot like plus, seven I'm feet sure. yeah I think yeah yeah at mm-hmm. and to be able to move with that wingspan the way she does and, and glide and she almost makes it look so easy on both sides sometimes too we, we forget how truly special she is but she is I, I can't wait to watch her the rest of the playoffs because uh, she's also you know the mystics did a really good job on her in game one uh, by the time this is out, game two will happen. But in and for the rest of throughout her career, she's been just uh, that she she's the all time leading career average score in the playoffs. So she has stepped up her game in that area. But we're talking about the MVP. So just from the regular season this year, I also think she has she's averaging a career high in scoring. Uh, she's done a lot of things this year that even as as high as expectations were, maybe not necessarily everyone saw coming on this quote unquote super team, as you say. Yeah. Um, and I think, you know, when one of your game plan is if everything goes to shit, uh, give the ball to Stewie. I think that's very clear, very clear indicator of who the most valuable player is on your team. Like it's literally as simple as that. Um, and like, you could honestly make that case for, for Asia too, but I think, just like based on like I got to go to New York for the first time this year and cover Liberty. And that was like one thing Sandy was really harping on in practice um, and in media. So I think like when you have that kind of like, okay, we have this game plan and this one, but then this one in case 
everybody else is not doing well. Give the ball to this player. Um, you know, I think I think that's a very clear indicator of what she means to this team. But yeah, those are our top three. And I know I was going to wait till the end for us to do our picks, but I kind of changed my mind midway through because I'm allowed to do that. <laughs> uh, but I think we can safely say that like Asia, AT and Stewie are in no particular order. I'll say that in no particular order are probably our top three candidates. Um, we'll talk about our next two in a second. But Cal, out of these three, if you had to pick one, to win MVP, who would it be? And if it's not oh. those three, then you can say that too. If I'm getting too ahead, oh, it, it is absolutely one of those three. I as as good of a season as Fee and Neca and Satu have had. I think there's three candidates this year. I don't think there's two. I don't think there's four. If uh, we should acknowledge all three historic seasons, which we've done. If you've been watching on YouTube, you probably know who my pick is about to be because you can see the shirt I'm wearing. Uh, if most of you who aren't watching, I have to go with Asia Wilson. And I wouldn't argue if any of these three win it or if anyone voted for any of these three. But the reason is, uh, I think Asia has basically been about as valuable as Brianna Stewart on the offensive end this year. Obviously, Stewie has sort of an edge in terms of shooting the ball, her range, uh, Asia can hit the three. We don't see it very often. Uh, and then also just passing Stewie. I think something that maybe doesn't get talked about as much as her scoring and her defense is her ability to make reads and, and pass the ball and things like that. But which is, I think, an edge over Asia. But Asia is is the type of player that you, when she decides she wants to score from the elbow, she's going to score. And her efficiency this year has been one of the best in league history, higher than Brianna Stewart this year, which is a really high bar. And and I think that sort of makes up for the passing and the shooting. So to me, offensively, it's about the same. And then you look at defense where Brianna Stewart, again, is elite, but I think Asia Wilson is eliter. I don't know if that's a word, but I, I think she's unprecedentedly. I was going to say it if you didn't say it. So. I, I don't know good. if that's a, a word. word I'm today. making up words here. It, unprecedentedly word might also not be a word, but I think Asia is unprecedentedly good on the defensive end. And everything we already talked about, I won't go through the whole spiel again on her defense, but I think that's what separates her here. And it's splitting hairs. It's these these margins are so slim, but that's what yeah. would give her my vote. I think I echo everything you said. Um, I think Asia would be my pick if I had a vote. Um, I've kind of she's kind of been my pick. There was a time during the season where I did have Stewie over her and AT just based on the way that the Liberty were playing and how much they were relying on Stewie. But I think if you look at consistently the entire season, I think I would kind of edge towards Asia, Asia Wilson being the pick. However, like you said, if either AT or Stewie or Asia won this award, like. I think very much deserved any of them deserve to win this award. It's going to be tough. I'm like very interested to see what the voters have decided on and who ends up, you know, coming out with the win. Um, but yeah, this has been a very historic season. I think, you know, also incorporating the fact that there were more games did allow for, you know, more records to be set and broken, but yeah, no, just, just incredibly cool to see. But yeah, the, our other kind of two or three candidates that we had was fee NECA and Satu who, you know, like, if you look at Nafisa Collier, like what she's meant to this Minnesota Lynx team, you know, kind of taking the reins post Sylvia Fowles. I think, you know, she's she's the young star that's kind of developing into the leader of this team. We've seen like she's had a fantastic season. Um, I really hope she's OK with whatever back injury happened in that game, too. 
Uh, I mean, she came back in after and she was looking okay. Like she was still like hitting down shots and doing stuff, but she didn't really look like mobility wise the best. Um, but I think she's meant a lot to this Lynx team and she's a huge, huge factor, if not the factor of why they were able to stay competitive and in the playoffs. Um, so yeah, she definitely deserves to be in consideration for that. Also, Neka Gumake, like the way the Sparks, they didn't make the playoffs, but they almost did. You know, she has been... MVP of the Sparks team for a very long time and you know just the way that she played such good basketball this year with everything that went on with all the revolving door stuff um I think you know also very very cool to see and of course we talked about Satu earlier in this podcast just about how she's might probably win most improved player and also deserves to be MVP conversation as we talked about she has been the MVP for the Dallas Wings and the Dallas Wings did very well this year and they are still in the playoffs. So, and they're doing very well in the playoffs, might I add. So I think, you know, it, it just goes to show how important each of these players are to their respective teams, what their respective situations, and each of them are the most valuable player on their team. Like, I don't think anyone is arguing that, um, but it'll just be interesting to see who actually comes out on top. But uh, yeah, unless you have any like final thoughts on MVP, think we can move on to our last segment yeah i just want to say real quick i'm actually with you that i at one point would have picked brianna stewart too and i think i did get Mm -hmm. on a show at some point a month ago or so and pick brianna stewart uh and i have also flipped because of i think asia played down the stretch which for me i talked about off the top i'm stubborn i stick with my picks so for (laughs) me to change my mind took a lot but i think asia it means something yeah It, it means something uh so i I can change my mind sometimes, and I did, but I, I think <laughs> all three players are very deserving. Yeah, um, absolutely. Uh, definitely echo all that. All right. So do you remember in the MVP conversation where you were like, uh, I don't know if a leader is a word, uh, and we're like, we're making up a word. So like, we may not be good with words, but you know who is good with words? Asia oh, Wilson. <laughs> oh, Cree, that was such a good segue. I thought of it oh, like while we were it. talking about it, and I was like, "Okay, I got to keep this in my head for when we do segue to the to the part about our Let's book." Go. But, thank you. Um, I'm proud of that one. <laughs> but in case you guys haven't heard, Asia Wilson is releasing a book. She is a she's an author. Um, it's gonna it's gonna be called Dear Black Girls: How to Be True to You. Um, the cover says Asia Wilson, two time WNBA MVP. We'll see what happens if she's going to have to change the name <laughs> of that cover if she ends up winning. Who knows? Um, but yeah, this is really cool. I'll, real quick, I'll read the book details uh, from the pre-order link that she posted online. Um, this is a book for all the girls with an apostrophe in their name. This is for all the girls who are too loud and too emotional. This is for all the girls who are constantly asked, oh, what did you do with your hair? That's new. This is for my Black girls. Um I saw this news when I saw her tweet. I thought this was so awesome. This is so cool. I love it when athletes like release books like Bianca Andreescu and tennis. She also released a book last year. Um, I just love it when stuff like that happens. We know like Brittany Griner is working on a book. She's published a book before. Um, But for Asia Wilson to do it for somebody who, you know, is the face of the league, like she should at this point, like, there should be no argument about that or debate. Like Asia Wilson is the face of the league. And we talked about her in every segment of this podcast today for good reason. She's so dominant, not only on the court, but also off of it. I think she's an incredible role model, an incredible leader, 
Um, just the fact that she like is writing and releasing this book, I think it's going to inspire a lot of people, a lot of little girls, a lot of black women, a lot of black girls. Like, I think this is just like entirely awesome. And like I said, I'm not so good with words, so I can't say it so eloquently, <laughs> but I just think that like, this is really important for growing women's basketball, but also for just connecting with the community. Um, but yeah, I just thought this was really cool and I really wanted to talk about it. So uh, yeah, what were your thoughts on this? I Yeah, well, for the record, you're fantastic with words. That's why you <laughs> hold down the fort so well in this podcast. But so is Asia, obviously. I love that she's putting out this book. Uh, I, I mean, if Nike, 2K, the WNBA marketing office, whoever is listening, like it, Asia Wilson is the face of the league. She is so marketable. Exactly what Cree said. Uh, she's dominant on the court. And she's such an outstanding human being off the court. She's such a fun personality. And to the point of this book, like she looks like so many of these young kids who are aspiring to be in this league 10 years from now, 15, 20 years from now. And that's really, really important. So I, I think this is a uh, fantastic the, the book. And also uh, I, I would love to see her, like I said, get, her own signature shoe start to be on the cover of some things maybe other than just a book you know uh mm -hmm. but uh, be marketed a little bit more because what what she brings to the league even aside from basketball is huge and really really important no it's so true and i remember the first time that i ever got to interview her one-on-one -on -one, like outside of like regular media press conferences it was a few years ago now um but she was kind of involved in the initiative with dick sporting goods where they they give a lot of resources to little kids in the area so like they would have these like trucks that would like drive around the country and so they did one in las vegas um and she was like giving away like book bags and things for like students and i got to talk to her about it and like i could just hear you know how involved and how passionate she is in you know being a role model for these kids but also just like helping the community and just you know getting really involved and connecting with everybody um, in basketball just kind of uh making it more accessible for people and i think like this is also a really great way to do that so you can just see it in the person that she is and the things that she does um so yeah i think she's a really good role model and i'm very excited after we get off this i'm gonna put in my pre-order for this book i think it comes out like the first week of February, if I'm not mistaken, or around there, I think February correct. 6th. Yep. February 6th is the release right. date. Um, I will also add the pre-order link in the YouTube description. And I think Cal will also add it in the podcast description for you guys to go check it out. Um, yep. Yeah. Yeah. Very yeah. exciting stuff coming from Asia Wilson. Um, very exciting stuff. Playoffs, awards. I'm very excited to see who is getting announced in these next couple of days for most improved. And then I think MVP is getting announced next week, early next week. So yeah, I'm excited. Anything else to add, Carol? Just uh, you're going to be listening to this on Wednesday. So tune in tonight to Link Sun Game 3, first Game 3 of the playoffs. I'm so excited. Uh, and I can't wait to get back here next week and talk about how that went. Absolutely. Um, thanks, everybody, for tuning in to Coast to Coast. You can find us on socials at Her Hoop Stats. You can find myself on Twitter at Karina MM. You can find Cal on Twitter at CWetzel31. Um, you can also find me, you can also find us on Instagram. I think, Cal, you have the same 
username I on do. Instagram. I do. Yep. And I am at Krita Mustafa on Instagram because Krita Mustafa on Twitter is unfortunately taken, which is why I have a different one for Twitter. But if you want to find me on Instagram, you can find my full name there. Um, but yeah, thanks for tuning in to Coast to Coast and we will see you next week.